Hello, I'm Alex Mansfield, the host of Manny Talk Shooting, and welcome to another episode. This is the shooting podcast where I talk to individuals all across the shooting industry. We'll talk competition, self-defense, concealed carry. If you like this content, check out our YouTube channel, Manny Talk Shooting. And without further ado, let's get to this episode. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Manny Talk Shooting, the shooting podcast where I talk to anyone I want to within the shooting industry. But first, let's plug today's sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Go Fast, Don't Suck. Go check out Bill Duda over at GoFastDon'tSuck.net. Get your dry fire targets, dry fire jerseys. Wait, match jerseys because you you actually have matches and not just dry fire in your jersey. I mean, we kind of dry fire in our jerseys, don't we? Yeah. Oh, fair enough. So we do that. Uh, But go check out Bill. He's been putting out some good content about the presidential USPSA special election. So go check that stuff out where he talks to some of the other candidates in that. So go check that out as well. Um, without further ado, I've got my best buddy, Brian Levy, on the show today. Brian, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing fantastic, man. If any of my listeners actually know, Brian was episode number one of Manny Talk Shooting, so we're pretty close. We're pretty fun. We have good times, but today's an episode's not about him. What, what are we doing today? Well, my, 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 how the, the turns have tabled. I'm going to be asking the questions. We're going to learn a little bit about you. We're going to learn a little bit about who this Manny Talk shooting guy is. So, you ready to answer some questions and be in the hot seat yourself? I guess I'll answer my own questions. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll throw in some uh, curveballs for you. Oh, there we go. So, but we'll start out comfortable for the folks you're used to listening. So, who is Alex Manny Talk shooting Mansfield? Well, uh, as some of you may know, my real name is Alex Mansfield. I will tell you the story of how I got the name Manny, though, because that is honestly the, the, the weirdest kind of story ever. Anyway, living in my little hometown, you go through, you know, school <laughs> with all the teachers knowing your father and your uncles and your cousins. So by the time you get like that fifth generation of who's been in school and you all had the same teachers, it's you called your dad's name, your uncle's name, your cousin's name. And then finally they get to your name after they've been frustrated. So one teacher finally decided, nope, your name's Manny. We're going with it. And it's stuck ever since. So that's where Manny comes from and Manny talks shooting. So, but besides that, um, for anyone who actually cares, I actually got into the firearms back when I was young. We were playing, um, my family was a shotgun family. That's all we did was, you know, shoot, uh, shoot clays and shoot deer with shotguns because in Michigan, where I live, you can't use a rifle. So it's shotgun only. So. But how did I really get into shooting? The internet got me into competitive shooting. Um, podcasts, YouTube videos, and all that crap kind of got me sucked into the competitive space or even in the training zone in general. Okay. What did you find interesting about that? Like, what was that, you know, that you're like, oh, well, I've watched this random video. And it's like, just, you were just like the people watching John Wick and now they want to go be John Wick or did you see something in it and going, this would be useful? What, what was that? What, what, what lit the fire with you? Well, what lit the fire to get me into competitive shooting was uh, watching enough content and podcasts from, I think I was, no, I wasn't listening to Anderson yet. I was listening to Scott Jedlinski of the modern samurai project. He, when he had downtime and wasn't as busy as he is now, he did a podcast called the, modern samurai project podcast or the get better podcast that he likes to call it and it was quite informative there was always tactical guys got on there and then he had his buddy well then i first heard about jay beal because he was like one of the third episode everyone loves jay beal yeah jay's a good dude yes he is um and he loves goats and if anyone cares they're having goats right baby goats right now and they're adorable uh but beside the point um <laughs> but i was then um an episode with tim heron came out and I knew Tim Heron from, you know, watching lives. Uh-oh. Doggos. Doggos going doggo things. Quiet, Ivy. Um, so I was listening to an episode with Tim Heron. It kind of got me connected with Tim Heron and watching other more content and learned more about USPSA. And it kind of went down that rabbit hole, signed up for a Tim class. I uh, got all the gear I kind of needed, dry fired, took a Tim class, and then kind of was like hooked ever since. Okay. Well, obviously that kind of goes into the whole thing about any formal training. Um, I would say I'd ask you a slightly different question. Um, obviously you've taken, I know, you, I know you've taken Tim's class. You've actually said that a few times in your different podcasts. Um, but uh, what, what would you say is the most important lesson you picked up 
from having taken training early? Well, taking the training early, I'd say is been awesome because I didn't have to then learn through the struggles of, I love the old guys at the range, right? But the old, they're kind of fuddish. They don't know what they're talking about. And the new guy, they, they always kind of attract to the new guy. It seems like at least locally, the new guy wants, old guys want to help the new guy. And it's yeah. never good advice. It, it always is like, you better slow down and get your hits or <laughs> got it. Don't want to go too fast. You don't want like rule number one in competitive shooting is be safe, but you don't have to be slow and be safe. You can still be fast and be safe. Exactly. But you, but it's also getting thinking about other things instead of, well, I need to shoot faster. You know, it don't, cause a lot of people think, Oh, I need to be faster in a stage. I need to be, I need to shoot the gun faster, but learning from Tim is, there's a lot of other things you can be doing sooner than faster. And that's kind of been like, uh, like the biggest thing I think I took away from Tim, which is a lot of things, but get the gun up, ready to fire, um, you know, point through those walls, get your guys up, you know, get ready sooner than later. I was talking about keeping the gun up and there's a lot of different things. I think we, um, besides just keeping the gun up, getting ready, thinking about those next moves instead of just running and posting up in a position. Well, at least unless the stage depends on it, but. There's a lot of different things, but learning shot calling or sight deviation, what you can kind of get away with um, in a, when shooting, not necessarily needing that perfect sight picture. Cause I think a lot of people worry about this perfect sight picture, even Steve Anderson, I think when he says center of the dot, call the shot, right? Like my brain wants to say center to that center, the dot, 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 no center, the dot. So I'm thinking, so I, my brain would want to say, put it right in the middle of the tar- target, absolutely make it perfect and then pull the trigger. But you don't need that. Way too long. Yeah, exactly. Just way too long. And honestly, I think Tim is one of the great first like classes to take for anyone getting into shoot, even not super, someone who wants to be super competitive and competitive shooting, but he kind of blends the world of performance shooting and like, tactical timmy guys who aren't as intimidated i think we've talked about this more people more timmies will take a tim class over going to see stoker yeah well i mean to be fair for the most part and i know he does teach other stuff but uh stuff you know Stoker teaches other stuff but uh i do know that tim tends to teach uh, a wider variety and he's certainly not focused on just competitive shooting uh, he does uh defensive stuff he's worked with actually you've talked about scott jedlinski and a few other um, defensive minded instructors um i think the, the thing that i like about that sort of subset of instructors is that they teach good defensive work but they also understand the value of a little bit of competitive shooting, even if you're not going to be hardcore into competition, but doing competitive shooting can be beneficial. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where the, the guys who really think about adding a little bit of competition into their dry fire or shooting training, they, mm-hmm. they're a lot better in those class and even those tactical classes, because they kind of understand some of the principles and yep. their, their ego is kind of more in check, I think, because They'll go get beat by the kind of gynecologist at a match. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right. Well, let's ask the obvious question. Um, tell me about your gear. What kind of gun are you shooting? What kind of belt are you rolling with? Whose base pads do you have? Oh, oh, okay. Because we're all gear queers. And I'll say this to all of you. You're all gear queers. And we all worry too much about this shit. But I do too. Um, currently in carry optics, we're shooting a Glock 17 uh with an uh sro i almost called it an rmr but i was thinking about the rmr lately but the sro uh glock store parts inside that but the timney trigger surprisingly it's been reliable since i fucked around with it enough okay but, but fucking around with it enough means i'm cutting a damn slide stop off it's, it's it works it works 100 of the time now so i'm not going to complain about like i fixed it but I had to break part of it, so. But at but, what cost? Yeah, I mean, it's a great trigger. It feels good. It lets me split. Like, I can't split, like, a 15 with stock rock trigger. I think even on a Timney, the best I've had is, like, on a timer is, like, a .19. I can't split that fast, at least intentionally. Yeah. It has nothing to do. It has nothing to do with the trigger. Right, exactly, and it's more on grip. But the trigger definitely does allow me to split a little bit faster. 
but I am, uh, that's sitting in a GX products vice holster because I think Leif makes one of the best holsters on the market. Um, quality is phenomenal. The lock is great. I can run down, I can run down range and not worry about my gun falling out of the bucket. It, I can just run down range, go fix the popper or whatever. RO a stage as aggressively as I need to. And it's fantastic. Um, that's sitting on a boss hanger because I think the boss hanger is the, the the gold standard i i don't know have you looked at the henning t1000 yet uh i have there was sort of a topic of discussion amongst uh, some of my friends here in texas uh i think one of the guys i know is planning on getting one um so we'll see um as it stands right now i am i mean i don't think it's a secret at this point and if it is i'm sorry roy but i'm about to spill the beans um, but I'm rolling with a, a ball adjustable mount for my boss holster, which is an early prototype from last year that uh, Roy Stedman, who's the owner of uh, uh, that company, uh, he's uh, developing for use to have a little bit more dynamic mount for the holsters. So, but it's been excellent. I've been super happy with it. Right. So using the boss, uh, the regular boss, I ain't that cool. But uh, that's riding on a Dominate Defense Belt because they're fantastic too. Um, Jason Bunnerson makes great products. Takes them a little bit of time, but it's still, it's it's made for you as long as you do your part right and size it right. Just don't use your pant size. Um, and don't think you're going to lose weight either. You know, be, be realistic with yourself. <laughs> my, my belt originally was a little too small, but I, I made it work. Sure. But, uh, and then I'm using Double Alpha XI pouches because don't use polymer pouches and use ball joints i mean like those are like the two rules now i used cr speeds um the problem is when i did enough uh reloads in dry fire i was able to spin the pouch on a cr speed because the 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 crack the the lock washer essentially just stripped mm -hmm. the plastic yep so that that had to go uh, got the xis have been happy ever since yeah, so those are great pouches. Right now, currently using Terran Tactical extensions on my base pads. Uh, I have Hennings. I just need to buy new magazines because I don't feel like putting the Hennings on the old bodies. I'd rather just go buy new bodies and springs and then have match mags and practice mags. So, Fair enough. Yeah, that's all my, my gear queerness, I guess. <laughs> Well, now we know that you shoot CO. We know you shoot with all kinds of fancy gear because let's be fair, that's pretty fancy stuff you got. Um, I once cry once, I guess. I mean, yeah. that's kind of what, that's what it comes down to. Buy a $60 pouch. It's going to last you forever until Double Alpha makes another pouch that's even more innovative that we have hey, to man, buy. You're preaching to the choir here. I don't know how many of those Double Alpha racer pouches I've broken in my, it just, just getting sick of breaking them. Yeah, exactly. So don't um, break them. Yeah. Uh, but Okay. Cool. Well, we know you're shooting CO, so uh, obviously you're uh, you're a little more active now than you were. Obviously, you got into shooting, and then the COVID hit, and you were stuck. So you were mostly doing dry fire with a little bit of live fire here and there, but that's obviously changed. You're able to get out to matches now, and you've been uh, a little bit more active, and you're going to be working some matches. So tell me a little bit about the the actual match and, and uh, live fire stuff you've been doing lately. Well, I've been shooting my local match, uh, Brooklyn Sportsman's Club or BSC on practice score. Uh, we'd love to see you in a match uh, first Sunday uh, of the month in Michigan. But uh, that's the kind of my local club I've been getting involved with, uh, setting up stages, um, tearing down stages, uh, volunteering a lot of my time at. But without them, I really wouldn't be kind of where I'm at too either because they've been really good about getting me good support. But uh, shooting there, and then currently I'm shooting two locals a month if if work schedule allows, because the other match is on a bad weekend typically for working. Okay. It's notorious for work, but luckily I'm either able to get out of it or they we just aren't working that day. So uh, that's Oak Hill. Well, that's another good match. That's about they're both about an hour away from my house. So either either way, I've got to drive. Uh, but when it comes to practice. Uh, we're <laughs> y'all I've been slacking on the dry fire I've just been too tired not motivated honestly but I've been shooting about every other week if that's it's like a match I might take a week off then go live fire and then maybe live fire again before another match so okay well how's your dry fire been during all that I know you said you've been slacking a little bit but what is it, what has it been in the interim 
it's probably been picking up if if i'm in a dry fire i pick up the gun off the workbench turn the dot on and just work transitions okay it's pretty much what it's been um if i put on the belt which i have the last two days but it's been like for five minutes i've just been i don't know yesterday i mowed the lawn like and i just didn't feel like doing anything (laughs) but anyway um it's been working some reload stuff not so much kind of just making sure the eyes are moving faster than the gun because i can definitely see i need from watching from in the matches i'm just seeing one sight picture and pulling the trigger twice sometimes so it's i need to make sure that the vision's kind of there too that's okay no there's times where those are appropriate shots oh yeah i mean like on that that one maybe even on a three-yard target you don't even need to see the dot for the first time and it'd be kind of beneficial if you did but you never don't really know i mean you can kind of index with that confirmation one but yeah so a lot of vision stuff still um transitions a little bit of reloads and then maybe a little bit of shooting on the move is typically something i'll work in dry fire but because you need to get those raw times down. And a good way to do that is try to shoot on the move as much as you can. So if the yep. stage allows it, because that is not always the answer to shoot on the move. If the stage doesn't require it as much, or it, it is detrimental to your match or your stage. It's true. Learn, I think, and learning that's key to building good stage plans. Yeah. Cause I, I think it was last October. I shot a match in this stage. I thought was a great one to shoot on the move. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? You can shoot these, all these targets from this position, shuffle over a couple more, and then shuffle to the end and then shoot the rest. And I'm like, but I could shoot it all on the move. And yeah, I shot it on the move, but uh, yeah, the point suffered. <laughs> yep. It doesn't that help says. when you're shooting 20 yard head boxes with no shoots underneath them. <laughs> yeah, that's generally not a target I would even shoot on the move normally. So yeah, fair enough. So uh, what's your uh, major match schedule look like for this year? Um, the major match schedule looks like we've got, we had, we were supposed to have the mitten match that got canceled due to low participation to save the club some money, lose 300, lose a couple hundred bucks instead of losing thousands. So uh, that got canceled. Next up is uh, Michigan sectional beginning of June. Uh, there's still spots in the match. This is coming out on May 9th which is funny. It's my mom's birthday. So we're going to do the auctious awkward wave to my mother, guys. Everybody wave. Hi, mom. Yep. Happy birthday, mom. Uh, she'll hopefully listen to this. I doubt it, but she sometimes does because she talks to me about it. But uh, Michigan sectional, um, you're coming into town for that. So that's going to be exciting. Yes, I am. Uh, we're going to have more fun hanging out than actually shooting the match, even though the match will be good. Um, oh, I mean, even at the match, what are we going to be doing? Hanging out. Hanging out, eating food. <laughs> um, Hanging out with our homies. Yep. So we got Michigan sectional beginning of June. Then the next major is the end of July. And that's the area. F- well, I should say the Michigan sectional is the Chile Custom Gunworks Michigan sectional. Then area five is also sponsored by Chile Custom Gunworks. So we're shooting that at the end of July. Uh, I get to meet a lot of cool people. Uh, hi, Robert Wyatt. I get to meet you and John Batista. I'm sorry that I'm not on your squad anymore, but I'll bring a flashlight just for uh, John's lunch. <laughs> you can take a good picture of his lunch. Uh, yep. Uh, I'm, I got sta- asked. I was going to shoot that match as a competitor. Shoot with Robert Wyatt, um, John Batista, Jason Clark, but then got asked to staff. Then, uh, da, da, da. So I'm going to staff the match because when your match direct, when the range master slash section coordinator asks you to staff the match and he's your friend, you kind of say yes. Yeah, I get that. And it's good for me. I'm a freshly minted CRO. I don't know if I'll be a CRO on the stage or I'll just be a range officer. So I'm looking looking forward to that. I'm not looking forward to being there. Like, what is it? Starts on a Wednesday. I'm done on a Sunday. So I'm there like five days. So that is the hard commitment about working a major. Yeah, well, I, I'm just going to they, – they're going to put me up in a hotel. I've already talked to the wife about that. We're staying in a hotel for that week because I'm not driving – an hour. it's only an hour from my house. I could sleep in my own bed, but I will be dog-ass tired by the end of the month, end of the match. Well, and it's going to be two hours out of every day of your life driving there and back plus the fuel to do it. Yeah, so I'll drive the 20 minutes from whatever hotel they're putting me up in and stay in there. So. Yep. Then after that, uh, we have Ryan Rock's Charity Blast, second weekend of July. There's still slots open for that, so go sign up for that one, guys. Um, 
we did it. They did move the weekend, which kind of hurt attendance, but but it's going to be a good match either way. It supports a great cause, so yep. I'm staffing that one as well. So I'm shooting one match as a competitor <laughs> and two as staff. Uh, maybe I'll get into a the fourth match, a fourth major, and that might be the Indiana sectional, depending on uh, what time allows. So the Indiana Indiana sectional. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, it's like the third weekend of September or the fourth. I don't know if it has five week. It's like September. I want to say 23rd through the 25th. Okay. That's right during area four. Yeah. And it's also the same time that Andrew Workman's son has a birthday, which I blame his <laughs> child for having a birthday. Yep. It's not a terror. It's, it's not a bad time. It's just finding out if I have reserved ammo left over in time to take off work. Because it's not that far of a drive either. That's like three hours from me. Fair enough. So even like, you know, getting the hotel the night before, you know, staying there and then driving back the next day after the match isn't a terrible idea. Yep. Fair enough. Oh, I love this question. I know you've had this discussion. But uh, grip versus trigger, which is the priority? Well, obviously grip, because honestly, if you can't grip a pistol, you can't shoot a trigger fast anyway. Honestly, trigger is probably third important. If you're going to put three on this list, I think sight picture is going to be a lot more important than a trigger control. Because I can get away with a really good grip and a sloppy trigger press as long as the sights are monitored. So if I'm monitoring those sights, okay, I'll even put my, for the video with listeners, I'll even put my... My, 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 my three post sites that I don't even know how to use because I don't shoot <laughs> irons. I'm so, learning how to do that. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be interesting for you because you've always, you've been a pretty much a dot shooter too. And then you've gone to limited major. Yeah. You know, life, life choices, man. You know, life I'm, choices. I'm major. getting older. I got to, you got to shoot the old man division now. But you're not shooting open because that's really the old man division. I don't know. There's a lot of young guys, fast guys in open though. That's, you can be you, you just get old enough and then compete in senior division against Mel. It's like it's like the it's like the money division. Oh oh yeah, it's the money division. Well, I mean, I guess now all the old guys are going to carry optics because they didn't really want to buy open guns. Because all those the frugal people were like, but now you can go into carry optics and not have to spend minimum of five grand on a pistol. So also true. Yeah. So but anyway, so oh yeah. So I'm gonna definitely say grip, especially with those polymer guns, like you you got to grip the piss out of those things. Can't get it's not, it's not like it's a freaking 40 ounce, 50 ounce 2011 where it just kind of sits in your hand. Then no, that those things like to recoil. I gotta be honest, even the, the heavy uh, 2011s or even the, 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 the CZs like the Shadow 2s, you still need to grip them like you care. Mm-hmm. If you don't, yeah, those shots go oh. everywhere. Yeah. I mean, they, the weight helps you get away with a little bit of laziness, but not a lot. Yeah, I was shooting a, a friend's open gun the other day, and you know how a carry optics gun, like the dot goes up and comes back down, kind of predictably. No, this open gun dot was like zigzagging across the like zigzag like across. It went up and zigged and then back down. It was not straight up or down. It was like, like am I doing something weird? Because this gun didn't have a thumb rest either, so I was just gripping it like I would a Glock, mm-hmm. gripping it really hard. And I'm like, what is the fuck up with this dot? And it's just like zigging. I'm like, okay, whatever. So I asked after I shot the, we were shooting a little mini stage. I'm like, does your dot normally do this? And he's like, oh yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? How do you tell where it left from? I'm like, that's, that's not a, honestly, it's not a good tune. I, a buddy here let me shoot his open gun a couple of times. The thing is, is his comp and everything's like super dialed in mm-hmm. and you shoot it, you pull the trigger and the dot does this in the window it just wobbles a little bit it doesn't even lift or move it just like wobbles while you're shooting it it's it's criminally easy to shoot yeah I'm, it's gonna spend a lot of time lo- developing my load i guess and figuring out the springs and it'll be a fun you know, it'll be fun you know comp and pop holes and all the other stuff that goes with it so yeah. well i don't have to figure out that recipe because like they've that, that's what your builders for right they've already figured out that recipe Maybe depends on depends on your loads too. So that's that's like I said, it opens a whole can of worms, man. Oh yeah, for for sure it is. It is that's for sure. So obviously that's a that's a, a desired division 
Just mm-hmm. to shoot open. Yep. You, when are you going to join me in open? <laughs> Never. That's not I can't true. Shoot, I can't shoot anything but a Glock anyway. Yeah, because then your thumb will get smacked, right? Yep. Is it, is it still bruised? Um, the nail hasn't completely grown out from where it got damaged. Oh. That's no fun. Yeah. So there's still a little bit of speckling of blood, blood under, na- under the nail, and it's still a little warped. It'll eventually heal. Yeah, nail grow out. It'll be fine. Right. All right. Let's see what else we got. Looking at the magical list here. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll ask a, a good question for you. Who are your biggest mentors and supporters? And what do you think is a good lesson that you've learned from them? So like list of mentor and or, and or supporter and pick like one lesson that you think you really took away from them that was useful. Well, uh, this is going to be hard, but it's not going to be hard. There's a lot of good people out there in the internet as you know, people who you know you can contact and have get good information from a lot of good people and everyone's willing to give you their two goddamn cents on everything you do. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's unsolicited advice. You're like, all right, sure. If you want to tell me something, sure. Usually half the time is like, yep, I'll, I'll say thanks. But some really big mentors is you. Like, I, I mean, I kind of wouldn't be here where I'm at without you. I mean, if it comes from, you know, even just starting at where we started at is like randomly messaging on IG. Yeah. Well, fun fact, if anyone doesn't know, Brian and I met via mutual friends uh, on the Work the Trigger YouTube channel and the Humble Marksman. And then we kind of got connected and he's kind of coaxing me through my first matches and then became, you know, more than just that. We became friends. Um, But, you know, you're always there for me. Uh, Whenever I got an issue, I can always bounce an idea off of you or you tell me, hey, uh, it's looking good. And, you know, you don't give me any too many concerns, I guess. And just like last match we were talking about, like, you know, if you make a mistake, it's kind of a big mistake now, instead of like a bunch of million little detail specs, it's like, yep. Okay. There's one, you know, or you had two for the match and it's makes it a lot easier instead of, all right, let's go to the list of a hundred different items that you fucked up on. But, uh, no, you're always been good to me. Um, something I learned from you was, you know, God, there's a lot, I guess there's too many to count at this point. I'll have to back on double back. Yeah, on that part. I, I, I tell you what, this is what I'm saying. Just pick one. Pick one. Pick, pick 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 the one thing that you feel like you reference the most. And oh. now I'm just I'm, now I'm just getting a main line to my ego. So I appreciate it. All right, exactly. It's uh <laughs> probably is just kind of focus on you, do what you got to do, and uh, don't worry what the fuck everyone else is doing. To be honest with you, it's like it's your match. Shoot it as you need to shoot it. Like, don't take the stupid gimmicky stage plan unless like there's like there's. Like I designed a stage. I'm designing stages now. If anyone cares, I, like once a month, I ask for people to post their runs on my stage so I can post it to give some people exposure. I saw the weirdest, like oddest stage plan this last match. The guy didn't win the stage. It was pretty close on fast raw time, but he gave up a bunch of points on that stupid fast, like middle of, you know, middle presentation swinger. Mm-hmm. But I see some weird stage plans now. And I'm like, I'm like, it, would it benefit me to do the stage plan? No, because it was a really weird plan. Was, but yeah, do what I gotta do, do to my skills, and just be confident in my my stage plan. Get my stage plan down good. Because don't worry about what everyone else is doing either. Because it's, it's your match, not theirs. Yep. But then another good mentor and supporter has been Tim. Tim's been an awesome Tim Heron of Tim Heron shooting has been an awesome mentor for me. Whenever I have issues or I have questions, I, I can that he and I have talked about prior. I'll go to him and ask him, you know, what do you think of this? Or we'll bounce off some ideas. But he's been a great guy um, and helping me out a little bit. So Tim's always been a good dude. He, uh, like I said, the doing things sooner has definitely been the biggest thing I've taken away from him. And sometimes there is too soon, like. <laughs> like because yeah. you know you can't come out like say you're coming out of a position and you're like need to go to the next position but you need to run a little bit first before you get the gun up don't bring the gun up right away coming out of that first position move a little bit then get the gun up 
because <laughs> you're just giving up time anyway if you yeah so there's there's such thing as too soon that's what she said <laughs> yes yes um some other uh my friends tony and jackie over at the laugh and load channel like like they've been some big mentors of mine they they love they've plugged they've plugged my stuff i don't know how many times without me even asking i don't ask them for anything other than to be my friends but i'm not like i'm paying them to be my friends i think i think we're actually friends we are actually friends so they're good they're good people they're good people yeah you know, I just got to pick on them every once in a while when they don't up- upload an episode. So I'll probably get grief for la- not putting one up last week. So, but yeah, um, I think what did I learn from them is have fun. Like a couple matches I went and shot with them. It was just all about having fun. We shot good. It was when you're shooting good, you're having fun. And when you're with your friends, you're having fun too. So. Yep. I mean, at the end of the day, we're not getting paid for the sport, right? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna win that Mary Kay, Mary Kay pink Cadillac, right, Robert? <laughs> they still do that. I mean, I could, I would, I'd drive one. I, I would. I mean, and I'd, I'd pimp all my logos on it, and I'd even put Yeeman's face on the hood. That'd be hot. Yeah, everyone would be wanting that one. They'd, they'd want to steal my car. I don't know. I'd even put I'd put every I'd put Tim Heron's face on the hood of the car too. That wouldn't it wouldn't be bad. It'd be like the friendliest Cadillac ever. Yeah, well, true. I guess it'd be friendly. But if we put Tomasi's face on it, it'd be the nicest Cadillac. Ah, all right. So here's a question for you, right? Mm-hmm. Now that they're both on federal, mm-hmm. does that make federal the nicest uh shooting uh, company in the world? Obviously they make ammo, but yeah, I, I mean, mean they, when it comes to their team, I guess well, who else? I don't even know anyone else on their team. I knew Matt uh-huh. was on the team. I'm not for sure if he's still on the team. And Julie Golub, she's always been a nice sweetheart too. She, oh, and Julie is such an awesome person. So yes, yeah. Federal is the nicest uh, ammo manufacturer ever because they have so many nice people on their team. All right, so here's a question though. Who wins in a nice off, Travis or Tim? Well, is it, I don't know. I I have not personally met Travis yet, so I can't really say quite yet. But everyone does say he's the nicest guy in practical shooting, even though I hear that about Tim. Tim's also the nicest guy in practical shooting. Can they just make a like a love child and then that be the nicest the, the nicest person in practical shooting? I'm pretty sure it would just be a Canadian at that point. <laughs> <laughs> it's a possibility. Like that's how Canadians are made, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean I guess. I mean, have you ever watched South Park? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I don't want to pick on my Canadian friends because I think I do have some Canadian listeners, but South Park's amusing too about Canadians. So go 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 delve into that if you feel like it, listeners. You mean with their, their beady little eyes and their flapping heads? Yeah. I mean, you said it, not me, but... <laughs> oh, good. Yep. Hmm. But I will say with South Park, they get they turn their crap around pretty quick. Like if there's something in politics they want to make fun of, it's not long, and then they've got it spun around in a TV show. Well, I mean, their animation process is pretty well streamlined, so they can uh, do just about anything they want at this point. Yeah, but it's got to be like if it happens, it's got to be like less than a month, and they're already got it on the TV. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's like holy shit! Like people can't produce a fucking TV like a. They can't produce anything like an at like in a year, but you can turn it around in like four weeks. So you got a streamlined animating process. I'm sure their uh, entire crew hates hates life when they do a fast turnaround thing like that. But yeah, but what, in the words of Cartman, screw you guys, I'm going home. Yep. <laughs> I will say Cartman has completely ruined um Oh Holy Night for me because I heard the hilarious Oh Holy Night, you know, with Cartman singing it. Mm-hmm. So like Christmas time when that comes on and there's somebody like you know the Nat King Cole rendition of it or a very beautiful singing, you know, lovely song, but all I can hear in my head is Carmen. Kind of, I'm just like, oh god. Oh. <laughs> like I just I just I can't hear anything else. I don't know. I think Cartman ruined Mountain Dew for me though. Have you seen the episode where they're so bored they want to go like zip lining and stuff and ride horses? But Cartman has like an empty stomach and he's just drinking a diet Mountain Dew the whole trip. So then he's got like really bad like stomach issues and he's like got a shit in the woods and it's yeah. I'll have I haven't to say, seen that one. 
you'll have to watch it it's really weird it kind of ruined mountain dew for me to be honest with you <laughs> fair enough or actually we're, we're random for you and then we'll kind of jump back on topic but uh, i used to do like the most uncouth thing in the world when i was still living in vegas Mm-hmm. Uh, at Lake Las Vegas, there was a, uh, at the casino there, there was a, a nice uh, restaurant. It was like, a, it's sort of like their all night coffee shop, which is funny, but the, like, the food is actually really well, really nice. Higher end, it's an expensive place to stay. Uh, I would go in there, no joke, t-shirt, jeans, sneakers, a couple of my friends, and they had the best filet mignon. It was, it was easy to get. Like it was like, you know, it's 20 bucks that you got this nice eight ounce cut of filet mignon um, prepared with like asparagus, and these beautiful mashed potatoes, lovely plate. And I'd always order it with a Mountain Dew. And I'd always got the same look from the waiter. Like, like, first off, don't look at me that way. You're the ones that have that on the menu. Like that's available to me. But here I am with this beautiful plate of filet mignon and I'm sipping a Mountain Dew. Like, ah, <laughs> oh, college. It's at least it wasn't like a natty light or like a PBR or something like that. I was like, I think they would have been happier if that's what I was doing. I think it was worse because here I am with this clear glass with this, you know, you know, nuclear green colored, you know, yeah, that's true. Cutting my filet mignon and taking sips just was terrible, anyway. My ill spent youth, it's okay. Code Red was, I think, my favorite Mountain Dew, though, but I like cherries. Wow, that's a throwback. Or the old Halo 3 game feel, if anyone remembers that stuff. That was really good. I remember I was still playing uh, Counter-Strike, the OG Counter-Strike, not CS Global Offensive, but OG Mm Counter-Strike, early 2000s. We went to a couple of LAN parties. That's a thing. And if you don't know what that is, that proves that you're much younger than I am. But uh, we went to a couple of LAN parties that were sponsored by Balls, Garana, B-A-W-L-S. And it was just little blue glass bottles. And it was basically just like sugared caffeine water with like a little bit of garana in it. And I'm going to tell you, dude, a bunch of 18 to 22 year old men who were not sleeping, who were drinking this stuff. It's not a room anybody wanted to be in. I mean, it's not a room anybody wanted to be in. Oh, no. I mean, I don't I don't remember LAN Counter-Strike matches because I'm a little young for that. But I remember in band camp when you had nothing to do and you had free time. You would bring, there'd be everybody would bring their Xbox or Xbox 360 at the time. And we'd have LAN, Call of Duty. No, no, it was Halo 3 parties. We'd just be playing. You'd have like four Xboxes in the same room and with on different screens and everyone's playing. It's like, oh my Lord. And everyone's screaming at the top of their lungs, fucking playing these games. Dude, when I was in band camp, we were literally in a wood cabin in the woods. There was no electricity. <laughs> it was a quarter mile walk to the bathroom. See, no, we just stayed in our high school when we had band camp. No, we actually went to the mountains and were gone from home for a week for band camp. <laughs> no, because well, we're, we were obviously one too cheap, too small to go anywhere, and people couldn't be away from mommy and daddy that long. So, yeah, damn band camp. I never got that experience to say this one time at band camp with a like a flute in my ass or anything like that. So. Well, and that's the whole thing. Like, I don't, I, I have stories from when I was in high school and band camp, and I never tell them because of that. Like, because yeah. as soon as they try to tell them, immediately I get the, oh, one time band camp. I'm like, okay, I'm just not going to tell you the story now. Like, I don't care. So I've, I've just given up on telling band camp stories just for that reason. Yeah. Actually, that's a really good question. You're a band geek. I'm a band geek. What from marching band or from just concert band, whatever, from your experience in band has affected your shooting? Ooh, I would can got... be anything from technique to mindset to how you look at something, whatever. Mm. I'm a little too type A. I'm gonna say that. Like in band, that really made me like. No, if you're out, of, if you're out of step, that really bothered me. If like you're out of position, especially when I, I would call out senior band members and be like, "You're like four feet out of position. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Like." so my type anus that was that's that's a bad thing but in shooting like i'm a little too type a i'm a little too critical sometimes of myself due to being type a but i think we're all a little type a in shooting anyway but i think the biggest thing for me is cadence being able to hear something and try to like replicate it essentially Hmm. well i spent time in the drum line as well so kind of figuring that out a little bit and air sticking and all that shit like 
cadence was a big thing. I think I can just kind of correlate it into shooting, especially being able to hear audibly. Trying to match the pace, not necessarily say you're in a training day, right? And you're just trying to go for pushing speed. And you're kind of just listening to that cadence, of that open going, just pop, 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 pop. You know, you're just going crazy on it. Mm-hmm. And you're just trying to, you like, you hear it. You're, you're trying to get it into your brain and then see if you can do the same kind of cadence on a drill. It doesn't always work out, but it, it's kind of cool when you can, you can replicate the cadence. Not saying you should train, always oh, should train in cadence, but I think that's kind of the biggest thing from band that's transferred over. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a benef- beneficial thing for learning how to go fast and and not suck yeah thanks bill yep. all right did you see bill's uh meme the other uh, his uh real video the other day about can you count <laughs> yes yes i did <laughs> that was fucking hilarious hose, 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 hose. <laughs> well now let's talk about that for a quick minute before we go into the next one like how do you th- do you think that classifier overinflates egos a little bit? You are literally like you can touch the muzzle of the gun to the target in the box. They're like, yeah. People say I shot a an, uh you know a C class shooter. I shot an A classifier on Can You Count. Well, did you point the gun at the target? Did you rip the splits? Did did you shoot any reasonably fast and not fuck up a reload? Yeah, but here's the thing though. Counter to that. Me included, I am I am putting myself in the camp of the people I'm about to describe. There are people who go to count you can't you can't like this this classifier is ridiculous. I'm just gonna smoke this thing and it'll be whatever. Except for you trigger freeze on the fifth shot. Or you or throw the sixth you, one, right? Or you throw a sixth one on accident, or no, you you do, you're such in a hurry for the reload that you don't look at the magwell and you biff the reload, or you do something absolutely boneheaded and ruin the classifier. And the thing is with that one, it's like that has to, it does have to be, um, it has to be point perfect. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do it, if you're going to hundo that one, like, yeah, you need to draw quick. Your first split needs to be a sub one. You need to be splitting sub twenties the entire time. Your reload needs to be around a second, if not faster. And, you know, you got to do it all over again on the second target. And then you've got to turn around to the other two targets and do it again. And so it's one of those things. It's just like you, I mean, it's not. It certainly can be if somebody does toes it hook up, right? You know, you get this the B class guy that just like goes for it and manages to connect. I'm like, wow, I shot this like 80% classifier on it. And they're busy running around shooting 60% and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fine. They feel good about themselves. And then the thing comes through that their classifier doesn't count. And then they feel really bad. Um, <laughs> and then you teach them about the button to appeal it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, 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 it's, I'm in it's that boat. The- it's one of those weird things, right? It's either you get lucky and you connect or you're like, well, we're going to try today and see where the fuck we fuck up. And the worst part is, is when you get it just good enough where it hurts you. Yep. Those are always the worst. It's like, it's like, oh yeah, you're, you're going to get hurt by it. It's like, motherfucker. If that shot. Yeah. I shot one of them this weekend. It wasn't counting you count, but it was one of those ones where you have to rip quick. And I forget what the name of it is, but you draw, there's three paper, paper targets. You have to put two on each mandatory reload. And then there's six pieces of steel around no shoots on, and you have to reload and shoot the steel. And I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to do in this thing. So I just, I drew and I was like, beep, pow, 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 reload, ding, 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 ding. And I missed the last piece of steel. And I was like, no, like, you know, it's like one of those things has to be like really perfect. Right. She's talking about it has to be just good enough that it doesn't hurt you. Mm-hmm. And I missed it. And then I got on target and I hit it and it wasn't falling. And I was like, no, so I shot it again. It wasn't falling. I shot it a third time. It wasn't falling. And then I remembered that was a forward falling popper. Oh, it had to be in the calibration zone to make it fall. No, it's a forward falling popper. I was literally holding it up in the air. As soon as oh. I stopped shooting, it, it fell down. <laughs> oh, Lord. You just kept shooting at it. Oh, no. Yeah, if you oh. watch the video, it's the very first stage. You just see me up like, pop, 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 reload, ding, 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 miss, miss, hit, 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 hit. And then I realized what's going on. And I stopped. You see me eat the Mac. I'm like, ah. Did anybody catch it this time? What? Your Mac? No, no, it was away from the RO. So no, oh. no, we caught the Mac. No, nobody was a boss like Larry. Yeah. Go Larry. Fucking catching that. What was that? Not the last Mac. That was what? Maybe a month ago. Yeah. It was a while back now. Yeah. Cause yeah. He just catches the Mac in the air. Did he catch I didn't expect. 
I didn't expect him to either. It was just one of those things like I like yeeted the bag and I saw him catch it out of the corner. I'm like, damn, Larry. Did he catch your bullet too? Nope. I got the bullet. Oh, okay. I guess what that's worse though is that he took your mag. So then he's like, ooh, free money. Nah. He shoots, uh, he's actually got a nice uh, 2011. He shoots limited too. So we were both in the same division, but he's got like a nice 2011 he shoots. Right. He, on. Doesn't, he doesn't need my lower rent Glockness touching him. Right. Now, what do you think about shooting? Um, depending on when the class fire is in the match for you, do you kind of like pick a squad to kind of know when the class fire is going to be or what stage you're going to start on? No, I don't I, care. I just get lucky, I guess. Although the not last match, the match prior, that was the first stage of the day. And I, Honestly, if I had a choice, I'd rather have it be the first than the last because usually by the end, you're kind of a little hosed. Um, optimally, if you're talking about, you know, when it feels the best, I'd rather have it be the second or third stage of the day. Cause then I'm, I'm tuned up and I'm feeling dialed in. Or you've had your dumpster fire already. So you can move on with the day. I, I generally don't worry about having a dumpster fire stage. In fact, I generally just try to shoot what I shoot. Yeah. So I don't anticipate having one of those. I just shoot the stages. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Agreed. And sometimes they just don't come out as nice, like shooting the no shoot on the first stage of the day. Hey, man, I mean, what Texas State, my first, my literally my first stage was zero to Texas State. So I still managed to get fifth place in limited. Yeah. There you go. Texas State, man. Hardcore. All right. Well, bounce through some more questions here. I would say, who is somebody you haven't taken training from that you really want to take training from, and why? Who's someone? I, okay, who I want to take training from and why? There's a long list. I guess I'll give you maybe the top three. Uh, one would be Mason Lane. He's okay. a young guy coming up in the sport. While well, he's up in the sport. Two-time limited national champion, and limited's not his primary division. It was production, and then now it's carry optics. So he's smoking limited, like a fucking boss. Uh, and I think he's kind of found a nice recipe or uh, his layers technique, his layers of difficulty. I want to kind of learn, and then his finding one hundred. Yeah. So uh, if anyone doesn't know about finding one hundred, it's kind of like pushing yourself or finding out where you kind of performance-wise can figure out what you kind of need to do to push or not push. And it's quite an interesting concept. Um, I would like to take a class from Christian, Christian Seiler. Okay. Uh, because I am going into open. So I would like to take a class from the open national champion. Um, maybe he'll be able to be able to put up. And by the time I take a class, he'll be the world open champion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So and then Grafell doesn't shoot to open, then yeah. Yeah, I even think even though Eric is a god, a god of shooting, I think him and Christian wouldn't be far off. No, but I I, I would bet money Grafell would beat him at open one to one. Especially especially in Ipsic. Christian's at a disadvantage there by a long shot. Right. Unless he was able to leave and go shoot a bunch of Ipsic uh Ipsic uh it does not make up for the many, many years of practical experience that Grafell has in Ipsic. Oh yeah, oh, agreed. I I think they could. He'd have a good performance, though. Nonetheless, even if he yeah, loses. oh no doubt. I just I don't think he would beat Grafell. Right. If so Grafell my... shoots production optics, then yeah, you know, Siler's got a shot. Okay, so if Grafell shoots production optics, is he going to beat down Max? Max Michelle. Oh yeah. Like, I love Max. Max is a great dude, but no. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember everything that um, Grafell is qualified for. He's probably qualified for every division, honestly. Oh, yeah. So we'll see where he lands in the world shoot. Um, but I'd like to take a class from Christian. Yeah, he's a young buck, but he knows his, he knows his way around an open gun. I don't know if sure. it's a, his young age years and just been able to, you know, been able to focus on it, but now he's been working, finishing, he finished college, so maybe there'll be a class from christian and then it's either a toss-up between steger and anderson because i think anderson would be a good class to take um 
currently as like I'm still kind of growing in the sport. So some of the fundamentals kind of stuff and like pushing speed, pushing like the mental stuff. Um, we've talked about that at, at, at nauseum, I think, in our personal chats. Mm-hmm. About taking one from Anderson. Uh, but Steger, I kind of want to get yelled at and eat good sushi. So <laughs> I don't think he's gonna yell much. From from what I hear, he has calmed down quite a bit from the old days. So it's yeah. uh, his, his approach has drastically changed because he was I think he's realized that's the where the money is, and if he uh alienates students, then he's not doing himself any favors. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yep, there's some guys. Uh, you know, Ben's also a national champion, world mm-hmm. champion. So he'd be even he even though he doesn't shoot, well, it doesn't matter what he shoots, he can fucking shoot. I think the only gun he hasn't shot division yet is probably open or PCC. Mm, you think he shot PCC? And then maybe Revo. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think a lot of people touch Revo though. It's it's just a, and it's an odd. It's not like it's you can go buy another pistol, right? It's not like you're buying a single stack gun. That's kind of easy with your rig. You just swap out a holster and a couple pouches. Revolver, you got to go get a whole new plethora of crap, and you've got to go get a very specific gun, uh, like a nine twenty nine or like a Ruger GP one hundred. Blah, blah, you know, mm-hmm. it's super like specific gear. But yep, Revo. I did meet a GM, a Revo revolver GM uh, up here locally. I was kind of surprised. I didn't know we had those around here. Yeah, we've got one here in the Central Texas area. Really nice guy. But yeah, he is damn impressive with, with a wheel gun. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Well, I think we'll uh, kind of run towards the end of the questions if you're okay with that. Mm-hmm. That's totally fine. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So what are things people can do, stop doing to get better? What are things people can stop doing to get better? To do or stop doing. So basically what's, what's, what's something that you know that you're like, Hey, I see a lot of people do this. This is something that'll make them get better. And remember that's not limited to mechanics. That can be everything from mindset to habit to Mm -hmm. mechanics. What are things people, well, I'm going to do with a start doing. You can start by making sure you have fun because there's one, we're not doing this to win the Mary Kay pink Cadillac. We're doing this to have fun and shoot with our friends. If you're all super stressed out and serious, I mean, everyone's serious to a point, but if you're too serious and it's making you perform bad because you put this undue stress on you, you're not going to perform well. So first thing to start doing is have fun or focus on fun. Not so much about the performance. The performance will come. If you're having a good time, you don't need to put the stress on you and your pressures. I've been there. I've done that. I've, I stopped squatting with the best guy in the match because I want to have fun and I perform really well when I have fun. Like I, d- I don't have those issues anymore now. So have fun, squat with people you have fun with, even though they might not be the best shooters because you can have the best match, but not be shooting with the best guy. Fair. Now you can stop doing by being also, it's a flip coin. Stop being a negative Nancy on the range. Like if you're having a bad day, kind of you get your minute or two to have a bad stage or a bad day, but don't bring the whole squad down with your negativity. And it brings a funk on. I honestly, like it's the same. It's another same reason why I don't need to shoot with the top guys. Cause they bring this funk. Then that affects me. And then I'm not having fun. And then I shoot a bad match. Cause I'm not having fun. So it's just kind of this pinwheel cycle of, Start having fun, squad with your friends, stop being negative Nancy's. It's funny you say that, only because that's something I have worked very hard on over the last couple of years. Because I was definitely that guy that was too serious, and I was definitely that guy that would bring people down around me. I still occasionally fall into that habit. So it's good advice. Very mm-hmm. good advice. Yeah, and it's it's helped me. I've had way more fun and it's and it's kind of cool and a thing you can start doing is actually squatting with people who know the rules like you might want to shoot with all your friends and have like the range officer who doesn't know the rules or someone who doesn't you know, who then makes the bad calls right or so squat also squat with people who know the fuck with the, the fuck they're doing because you don't want to have to reshoot stage especially with ammo nowadays you don't want to have to reshoot the stage because you all shot it wrong Yep. We like the last match, we had a couple of guys on our squad have to reshoot because 
someone was a dumbass and forgot to read the WSB. So we all thought it was a loaded start, <laughs> but it was an unloaded start. It was like, oops, I'm glad somebody double checked. <laughs> so half the squad had to reshoot and some of us didn't have to waste 28 more rounds. So fair enough. Yeah. Well, that, that's also a negative when you have like a whole squad of CROs and we're like, we set up the match, right? We should know what the fuck we're doing. And then the one guy who wrote the WSB is off dicking off for a while and is like, what was the start on this thing? Oh, shit. <laughs> so then half the people have to mm-hmm. their And of course, it's the last stage of the day, too. And you're like, those people already took their crap off and they're like, ugh. I don't know. Do you have good luck with the reshoot fairy? Or do you get, or does it hurt you? Um, I would say that I am probably pretty even, honestly. I'd say I'm about 50-50 on reshoots. Um, in recent memory, obviously, uh, the zeroed stage at Texas State, was a uh, that was a reshoot. Uh, and I had a mic on it prior to the reshoot. And I remember distinctively telling Chris Bolletter on my stage, I was like, oh, man, I got to reshoot this. I would have rather just taken the mic and not had to reshoot this. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but, uh, no, I've had some other reshoots that like, like I've had, <laughs> I still remember this. This was, I think this is Oilfield classic in like 2018. Do they still have that match? I haven't seen Oilfield for a while. Um, that was, that was done at uh, area 59, which is closed down. So I don't know if anybody's picking that match up again, but I shot Oilfield classic and I, I distinctly remember this. I shot a stage. And I, I did a hard snap transition and I tossed two rounds square into a no shoot. I mean, it was like, blah, blah, like right in the middle of the no shoot. I was like, oh no, <laughs> lift the gun up and I put two in the, in the paper. And then uh, partway through the stage, one of the poppers fell down that I hadn't engaged. So they called stop and I got to reshoot the stage. Yeah, that's the next time I came around and put two in the right target and moved on. I was like, <sighs> oof. God, the, the reshoot fairies loved you that day. Yeah, so like I said, I'm not. I don't think I, I feel like they're always negative. I, I, I've definitely had good reshoots. I've had bad reshoots. I've had reshoots that were like I resho- like I've had stages where like I shot the whole stage and somebody paced or whatever, and so you have to reshoot it. And I shoot it a second time, and it's basically the same time and the same hits. Mm-hmm. So, I, I really do. I think it's it evens itself out, and I think your mindset has more to do with it than anything. As soon as you have that, like oh no, it's a reshoot. Like you've just added that pressure. Oh yeah. Agreed. Now, are you one to want to reshoot at the end of the squad list? Like say, so you're, say you're the third shooter right on the stage and then you have to reshoot for some reason. Are are you one to like, all right, bump me like two down and then I'll go again. Or is it all the way to the bottom? Don't care. Don't care. Yeah. As long as I have enough time to live mags and get my brain resettled, I don't care. Fair enough. What about you? Oh, Whatever they feel like doing, I usually have enough ammo preloaded. All I got to do is grab a fresh. I usually have like five mags and two are always loaded in the mag bag. So I can just grab the two mags that have been dummied down, you know, or whatnot, and then be like, all right, let's go. Fair enough. Give me enough time to do another make ready and one more visualization. We're good to go. There you go. Because honestly, I mean, does it waiting another 20 minutes really affect, you know, your performance? It, no, I think I don't think so. Unless you really have to poop, and then that's a problem. Maybe I'll run the stage faster because of it. I, I don't know. And then and then you get all calm at the end, and then you shit yourself at the end. I guess it's a problem I've had to worry about up to this point. So That's why you well, eat Mexican food after the match. Yeah. Or it's always the you know, the night before the match, and like, hey, we're in some strange city we've never been, been to before. Where do you want to go eat? Well, I hear they have this really good seafood joint in this shopping mall over here. Like, <laughs> mm, hard pass. We're going to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, like, if you got a known quantity, man, like, so fair enough. All right. Well, obviously, we know where we can find you um, right here and nope. where podcasts are found. Yep. You can find me on any podcasting platform. You can find me on YouTube at Manny Talk Shooting that recently changed used to be a different thing but now it's just Manny Talk Shooting for everything guys so uh, find us there Um, website is coming I have been slacking I need to get the website um, up I need to actually work on that so uh, 
since couple our update video, we have added two team shooters to the team. Uh, Brian is, uh, I'm going to tell him now, uh, live on air, you are co-captain of the team. Uh, you were co-captains of the team. So, uh, And then we got our, my, our buddy Wisco Joe or uh, Joey Fritsch uh, from yep. Wisconsin on the team. Uh, maybe we'll have another team shooter here soon. All depends on what we got to do. I got to do for that one. So, uh, I mean, you need to get a jersey. I mean, you could get a jersey. I don't know. I mean, I'm surprised you didn't. Well, besides the point, we, we can talk about that off air. But so we've got a team now. The guys are going to be at matches. We're all, well, three of us who are currently on the team are going to be at Michigan Sectional on squad. Well, we're on squad 25, aren't we? Yep. Yep. Oh, we're shooting on the long bay first. Mm, I don't remember the squad number. Yep. Yep. So we're, we're shooting there, but uh, we'll be all at the same match. So come say hi to us. Uh, so, yep, there's that. Find me on Instagram, YouTube, Mini Talk Shooting. Get Slide into those DMs. If you guys got questions, you want to tell me about the podcast, what you like, what you don't like, DM me. Uh, I'm pretty good about feedback. Uh, as long as it's warranted feedback, don't just tell me I suck and without telling me why. I mean, like, if you tell me why, I'll be at least accepting it. Like, okay, fair enough. But if you tell me I have a shitty voice, that's fine too. I don't care. Uh, I obviously don't have the face for video but I might have the voice for rate. I don't, I don't even know if I have that voice yet either. I'm not a, I don't work in radio either. So I don't know, man, you probably get some comments about having left-handed gingers in your show. So just be aware that's, you know, consequence of putting me on the show. I mean, that's, that that's fine though. I mean, it could be worse. I mean, you could be a right-handed brunette who, uh, who can't shoot at all, and but talks about shooting. Right. Oh wait, that's me. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> What else? Oh, I, I better make sure I plug all the sponsors because they support me greatly. Um, yeah. The first sponsor, uh, the biggest guys who've been supporting me is uh, Hunter's HD Gold. Brian Conley is a good friend of mine. Uh, I like Brian's for some reason. Brian's are good dudes, guys. So you go find a Brian at a match. You'll be okay. But Brian Conley, Hunter's HD Gold, um, he supported me. We've uh, hit it off great. Um, <clears throat> go check out his podcast. Uh, he was on an earlier episode of my podcast. So go check that one out too. It was good. It was a good conversation. Uh, go fast, don't suck. Bill uh, Bill Duda, go fast, don't suck, guys. He's phenomenal. I plug him in every show because he's a good dude and he's just trying to support. The, he's really supporting the sport, going to a bunch of matches, doing match support, selling merch because got to try to make the cover the cost of the trip somehow. So yep. it's not cheap when he's driving the diesel. He's driving the truck with the camper behind it. So go buy something. And even if it's some sticker, you know, at least – then he feels like he's made it worth it him being there. So uh, targets USA, they make uh, the, if Steve Anders says the finest steel targetry on the planet, uh, if Jason Woods can't make it better, he doesn't make it at all. So Jason's got some good products. I've been playing with my Rhino knockdown lately and the cools um, 45 degree um, variable angle target stands lately. So, so you can practice some low boys if you can in your range. So they're pretty cool. Um, so that's always a cool feature on those as well. Dominate Defense makes a great, uh, the Mach 1 Speedbelt combo, so you can go get one. If you want a discount, you can go use, P no, not, uh, I think it's P-A-R-A-1-0 at checkout for 10% off. So go go plug the Paracast guys too. They get a cool discount code, not me. Um, go, get a, go get a Dominate Belt and uh, tell them Manny sent you. So. Uh, yeah. We've got... Laugh and Load, Tony and Jackie over at Laugh and Load. They've uh, honored to let me rep their brand as well. They're good friends and they needed to be plugged. So uh, laughandload.com, go buy a shirt, um, go buy an AFT agent shirt because those are all awesome. I still haven't figured out if we're going to wear those for the match or not or for wearing them someday. On, on well, I'm, 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 I'm packing mine. It'll be with me when we get to Michigan. You just tell me when to wear it. I'll put it on. Exactly. So then we can be twinsies. Um, yep. Uh, God, uh, DivTech Magnets, uh, DivTech Shop. Uh, Nathan uh, is a good dude. He's, you know, small 3D printing business making those uh, magnets uh, really strong, really good. So I'm excited to share the love with those and pass those on to the sport. They're, they're honestly a good deal for the money. Um, I don't want to forget anybody. And that's the hard part about it. So then I got to use my fingers, guys, because I only got so many. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got um, Tim Heron shooting. Uh, Tim Heron's been a good supporter of mine. Uh, I put his, I got him and where he's on the jersey because, you know, you all start somewhere. So, why is Mel, 
quite if I can talk anymore. Might as well show some love to the guy who kind of sparked everything and made it all happen. And then targets you and say, is that everybody? I don't want to forget anybody. Oh, yeah, I think that's everybody. If I forgot anybody, they'll call me or text me and be like, the hell, man. But, um, <laughs> well, it's and I don't have my jersey in front of me because if I was smart, I'd put my jersey over here. Do I have everyone on the back of it? But yeah, so targets USA, dominate defense, go fast, don't suck. Um, Hunter's HD Gold, Div Tech, yep, um, Laugh and Load, and Tim Herringer. There's ours, all seven of them, guys. And if you are interested in sponsoring the podcast, go ahead and DM me or email me at mannytalkshooting at gmail.com. That's also another one. I know it's a really long plug at the end, but God, usually I don't plug my own crap. And that's the hard part. So I got to remember, but Brian, where can they find you at? If they want to learn more. From <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, I'm available on Instagram and on YouTube at reds dot R E D S underscore D O T in both places. So I post match videos and then, uh, I'll occasionally do dry fire or other content on my Instagram. Uh, occasionally I'll go live and talk about things. Yeah, we got to do that more. We got to go live more often together. There you more, go. More people talk to each other that way. Maybe you need to change your name to Reds underscore fiber. No, there's still a dot in the front. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I guess so. It's that little fiber that turns into a dot, but that's true. But yeah, I, I think I think I scan, scandal tagged one of my YouTube videos as uh, Reds irons question mark exclamation point. Ooh. No one's going to use that hashtag except you, right? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> that, that's the cool thing about making a hashtag is you can just, you know, you can use it. But it, so it makes one thing for that one hashtag. And then it's like, who the fuck else is going to search this hashtag or use Nobody. it? Nobody. Exactly. But Brian, thank you for coming on, brother. It's been fun. And thank you for being the host tonight. Um, it's kind of an odd episode. So I appreciate you, brother. Um, and to the listeners, thank you for guys for listening. This is episode 49. Episode 50 is coming right around the corner. Big news on episode 50, but you'll have to wait until we get there. Very um, excited. It is very exciting. It's, it's a great time to be part of the Mani Talk shooting community. So guys, till next time, get out and do the things and we'll see you on the next one.